You're listening to The Building Code, your guide for a better way to run your business. I'm Tom Houghton. I'm Paul Worth. Never gets old you saying that, Tom. (laughs) This is what, the 90-something time of you hearing me say that? This is episode, what, 93? Sure. We're going to have to have a banger for number 100. We we're working on it. Do we have plans yet? We're working on it. Okay, we're we've got on we've got something. Yeah, this is all part of our ramp up, though. So the guests leading up to 100 are going to be great. It's getting good, and it's that that's completely true with today's guest. Today we're joined by Ryan Jenkins, project manager at Task Construction, based in none other than Dananda. Was it <laughs> in Sydney, Australia? <laughs> Ryan, thanks so much for joining us. No worries. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. And Ryan did us a solid by getting up super early to record this podcast his time. So we appreciate you getting up early and, and chatting with us. Not, no worries. Glad to be here. Have you yeah. had your coffee yet? You ready to go? Yeah, I've had my coffee. I was up at uh, 4.30 this morning. So uh, that's what time I wake up every morning, get ready. We're normally out on sites pretty early. So I'm ready to go. Holy cow. What time do you guys quit each day? Uh, we finish up. I, I normally work from about 7 a.m. to 6 p.m., uh, but our guys on site are 7 a.m. to about 4 p.m. Jeez. I know. They're hard workers. Hardest working guy in the industry there. Exactly. I love it. Yeah. We, we love talking to our friends down in uh, Australia, New Zealand area because you guys are your hard workers and you put out a really good product. So if you're not following TAS, uh, you should definitely follow them on social media. They're putting out some really great stuff on the on the interwebs, as it were. Uh, so check the show notes. Uh, we'll put in all their social handles there. But I think it's just at Task Construction. Yeah, at Task Construction Group. Yep. There we go. Well, since you guys have met each other before. We have. I had the privilege of meeting Ryan in person last year. Got the opportunity to go down and film and chat with a couple of our clients down there. So mm-hmm. we made a video with Ryan. We'll put that in the show notes too. There you go. So, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it was great to be on site and see the work that you're doing. And then of course, you know, follow along on social media. And actually after I left, seeing the projects getting completed so I can speak firsthand that these guys do great work, and Ryan is a stand-up guy, uh, so super excited to have him on the podcast. Yeah. Well, how about me and the other rest of the audience get to know him a little bit then? Since you Absol- guys are you absolutely guys are familiar. So, yeah. Ryan, tell us a little bit about yourself uh, and your background, and if you want to get into the company too, let's hear about that. Yeah, for sure. So basically, I've been a carpenter for uh, ten years now. I started out with a small construction company um, just in my hometown. It was just me, uh, my boss, and two other carpenters, and I did my apprenticeship there. Um, From there, I became a foreman uh, with that company. And basically, um, I was a foreman with him for two years. And uh, along the line there somewhere, I actually had a a pretty bad experience with a a client, um, I should say, and um, I ended up um, in hospital due to stress. So I was in hospital due to stress um, from that from that client, I, ne- I was really young, was only 25 at the time, and I didn't see it come and w- wasn't um, prepared for the stresses that life and work do put on you. Uh, so when I got out of hospital, I had decided to leave that company. I just didn't think I was very fit for that company, and the door opened here at Task Construction Group. Uh, I'm good friends with Ben, uh, and he opened me with Welcome Arms, and uh, they put me on as a supervisor, and uh, I've been here for two years now, and I've grown so much as a person and it's just such a great company and a great vibe to work for. That's great. So I've always noticed this, you know, 
as Tom mentioned, we've got a great set of clients in your area, Australia, New Zealand, kind of how we mm-hmm. bracket that. But it feels like in Australia specifically, their process to become a construction company and then to work at a construction company feels very, uh, I guess, formal in structured. a way. Structured. Yeah, much more structured. Yeah. You had mentioned apprentice, then you had mentioned, you know, I think site site supervisor, but it feels yeah. like these titles are very much like the same across every company and it's sort of like a very clear ladder or, or, or organizational structure you go through in a company. Is that yeah. fair to say? Yeah, yeah. So basically what happens is you do an apprenticeship. So apprenticeship lasts for four years. Uh, you come on as a first year and, and it goes for four years and you'll go to TAFE. So basically TAFE is our, our college. Um, you'll also go to college one day a week where you'll get taught by teachers. You'll get taught the ins and outs of um, your trade. So this is for all different um, trades. So like whether it's bricklaying, landscaping, carpentry, plumbing, electrical, it's all the same. You'll do a four-year apprenticeship. You'll go to TAFE for three years and that's one day per week. Um, and then from there, you have the opportunity to grow and become a tradesman. Uh, you can become a foreman, but you can work your way up through the company. But it's the same four years of training. Um, once you've hit that four years of training, you get uh, your certificate three in that specific trade. Uh, and then from there, you can um, just develop your skills even further. You can go on and get diplomas um, and add, like add, I've done my certificate four in building construction. Uh, and that enables me to actually become my own builder and run my own company. Okay. Well, and, and so that university is throughout all of Australia. And it's all it's all one entity that that does that. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. So it's called TAFE. There actually TAFE. is a lot of um, I, I think basic. There is a lot of um, private companies now that do it. But generally, when you're an apprentice, um, there's colleges all throughout. I guess Australia, um, especially in New South Wales, is it like all throughout Sydney and New South Wales? Um, they're generally pretty like pretty close to each other so you don't have to travel too far uh, but you basically go on there one day a week um, just to get that sort of off-site training basically you're just getting yeah taught the ins and the outs um, different materials to use different techniques uh, because some people's jobs might not show them the whole broader um, trade that they're actually working in one you might have a carpenter that is just their company just specializes in cladding or their mm-hmm. car, their company just specializes in framework. So it's basically to give a better understanding of the whole trade in itself. Interesting. And just one last follow-up, I don't mean to take all the questions, but <laughs> do you find then that there's less subcontracting to companies and the actual GC employs more of the trades that are the full-time employees? Or is it um, still an equal mix of... Sure, you. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's a good question. So, there are companies that will just like so. There are building companies that will subcontract everything out. They'll subcontract even the all the carpentry, like the framework, the cladding, the roofing, everything out. Um, us, the Task Construction Group, we've got our own internal carpenters. So we've got our own employees of about um, we've got about ten guys on site. And that's, that's an array of first-year apprentices, second years, third years, um, and a couple of tradesmen as well. So we've got a vast array of um, people with different experience levels, and we'll subcontract out the other um, trades, such as electrical, plumbing, um, all those other subcontractors as well. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Yeah, so let's talk a little bit more about your team and about TAS in general. So TAS's mission on the website, it says to customize homes, change lifestyles, and create memories, which that's a pretty good one. Yeah. Uh, So can you tell us a little bit more about that, like how you got to that mission and the meaning behind it? 
Yeah, so basically they created that mission probably a few weeks after I joined the company. It was um, they were really like we're a pretty young company. We're only four years. They're only, they've only been around for four years, so it's still sort of creating those um, the core values and, and the things to follow. Uh, and I remember the day we actually created the customized homes and change lifestyles, create memories, and we thought like, what are we about? All right, yes, we do want to customize homes. We want to be um, we want to be custom home builders, like whether that's new builds or custom home renovators. Uh, we want to create new new homes. We don't want to follow cert, like certain designs. We want to expand on people's homes to the way they'd like to live and to, to how they would want their home to look. And by doing that, we're changing people's lifestyles. We're, we're they're going to have new areas that they can hang out in. They're going to have bigger bigger houses that they can spend time in. And by doing that as well, we're creating new memories for them in the future. Wow. We've had a string of episodes where this theme of we're not just in this to make money or as much as we can, which is not by any means a bad thing. You know, businesses have to make money. But this theme of businesses sort of looking in and going, why are we doing this? to drive our culture and to drive our team every day when maybe the work does get a little mundane or it's tough days, you know, you sort of go back to that. So that's, I guess that's a really good thing for our industry is we're starting to hear that more and more. Yeah. I, I mean, I would just tag on to that. Obviously money isn't everything. And so it's nice to hear, you know, other companies that we're working with that use our software, that they recognize that and they're putting their customers first as first and foremost and letting them create, I mean, like, I, I just love the last part about creating memories. Mm-hmm. I mean, the home, you know, you spend a, over a third of your life there, and this is where you're going to raise your kids or, you know, just live life, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, you're, you're, you're a huge part of that of somebody's life just by working in their home, and it's, it's awesome to see that you guys are putting such a focus on that. One of our, like, other mottos is, like, to experience the journey. Now, like, we want the clients to have a great experience from start to finish. Like, mm-hmm. we just don't want it to be just a project where they go, okay, cool, here's the plans, can you go off and build this? And then they come back and it's a finish. We want them to be involved. We want them to feel the emotion, the excitement. And we want it to be like an experience for them. We want it to be a journey. We want to the project to be finished and they go, wow, like, is that it? Like, let's, let's do this again. That was so mm-hmm. exciting. That was so much fun. Like, we understand that. Yeah, as you said, they spend so much time in their home. Like this is such a big part of their life. And when they are building, they've saved for so long. They've saved for years and years. They've done so much time in planning um, and they've spent time with architects and they've spent time with their family discussing how they would like their layout to um, be created. And we're the ones who can actually create that. Like that's what we need to understand. We're actually building their dream home that they have spent so much emotion and time um, imagining and we get to create the final product. Yeah. I mean, it's great to focus on that. I think some of the best companies that use builder training that we've had the experience of talking to over the last couple of years, that that's really where they center themselves in is that journey. But that, that's also one mm. of the most difficult parts of building, right? That journey can be very, very rocky. Uh, there's yeah. some elements that you can't control obviously. So yeah. when you guys focus on completing projects, on time and on budget, I mean, how do you deliver on that? Or do you guys have systems that help you deliver on that? Yeah, well, delivering, like, obviously, if you're trying to deliver a project on budget, you want to be 
as as detailed as possible in your tender. Like when you give a quote, you want to give as much detail. You want to factor in the things that can go wrong. We know that like we're trying to create an experience, so we don't want things to go wrong during the build. So we want to be as upfront as possible. And sometimes that may blow out our costs and make our costs seem bigger, but we can then go to the client, hey, look, we've included this, this, and this, and we've included this detailed proposal. We're trying to create a system where the build isn't going to blow out. Uh, and then when it comes back to the construction time, obviously like builder trend is a massive part of that. Like Aaron and Ben, uh, who are the directors and they do all the quotes with Josh, our estimator, uh, they will basically tell me, hey, we've given this quote, um, we've estimated this amount of time. I'll put that in, I'll go straight to the end of that um, schedule. I'll put that time in my builder trend schedule and then I'll work backwards mm-hmm. from there. And that's how we keep that building in on, like on time and in budgets as well. Obviously, Things are going to come up along the way. You try and mitigate that as best as possible. Uh, and if the client does want to produce change orders, we want them to produce change orders for things that they want to add extra, not because they have. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I think a lot of times construction companies, especially when they're younger, they get tripped mm. up trying to sell the dream. Oh, it's going yeah. to be fantastic. We're going to be able to do it for this price. I think what I heard from you guys is you guys focus on the reality as much as you can and over communicate that. And I think people who are looking to build a home, I mean, I think that the general knowledge of people these days, they've heard about bad situations with constructions, how they said it was going to be one price and it blew up on them. I think they're, they're looking for a little bit more of that clarity and that reality. So kudos to you guys on that. Yeah, obviously you focus a lot on the client experience and building those relationships, the great relationships that you have with your clients. Obviously that extends if you're doing a larger project to the neighbors or the neighborhood. So can you talk about how you guys approach that and why you think it's important in your process, obviously, to do that? Yeah, so me being um, the supervisor, I'm the supervisor and I go around and I run on the sites and each site has its own foreman and the foreman has his own uh, crew of carpenters. So my job is to keep the clients happy and to keep the neighbours happy. And I think if I do that, it shows that I've delivered, we've delivered a good project, but we've also delivered a good service. Now, that service being that we've been, um, we've engaged the neighbours, we've kept them happy, we've kept them involved, we've kept them up to date. Like we know how intimidating it can be, like having a bunch of subcontractors and tradesmen in your street just prancing around with their their big utes and all their heavy machinery and all their power tools. It's a massive inconvenience for them. Like mm-hmm. some projects can go up to 12 months. If, you, if you've got to put yourself in their shoes, some people can be shift workers and then they're having a sleep and all of a sudden they've got power tools running all day. So that, that's just being friendly with the neighbours and being personable. I'll go around there um, probably on a weekly basis and just check in, making sure wow. everything is all right if they need anything. And all that does is it, it builds a relationship with the neighbours. Yes, sometimes they might be angry and it, it's not ideal for them, but at the same time, they feel like they can actually come to me with any problems. And all you got to do is listen to them. And if they do have a request, say if they say, hey, look, I've had a really rough night. I just need to get two hours of sleep. Um, can you just keep it quiet for the next two hours? Then we can look at doing stuff that's not going to produce that much noise for the next two hours. Then we've kept them happy. And then the rest of the build, like we're going to have a really good relationship with them. It's going to make things so much easier. I think there'd be a lot of contractors out there that know um, that have a story where the neighbours have, have pushed back on a lot of things or have, have um, had arguments or there's been disputes on site. It's about 
like breaking that barrier. Like we want to break that stigma of the big intimidating builder. Like we want to be able to rock up and want to be like, hello, how are you? We're going to be building here for the next so-and-so months. Um, if, there, if there is any dramas, I just want you to know you can come see me with anything at all. That's a great takeaway. I mean, I don't, I don't know how many people do that. Just do a quick, you know, circle around the neighborhood, knock on doors. You know, little pro tip for you. Maybe you guys can drop off cookies or something. Well, it's hard in, in, in the COVID world. It's a little hard to oh, do that's that. Right. <laughs> yeah. So but, what we what we actually do is we do go around a week before we commence construction, and I'll introduce myself. I'll give them a letter telling them what um, works we're doing. I'll basically sort of give them a running schedule of the works, just so they know when demolition is, when framework is, just so they can be a little bit aware. Obviously, that schedule does change, uh, and then. Right at the end of the build, after we've handed over to the client, we'll then go around and give a thank you letter to the, all the neighbors in the street, just Great for stuff. them putting up with us. I love it. Great stuff. I also want to say, I think you get 10 points for mentioning the word ute on the podcast. Yeah, I, didn't, I didn't know what that was. Is that <laughs> some, it's, like a, it's like, no, it's a truck. Oh. It's like basically, it's a, truck. It's it's our, a work it's truck. It's our pickup truck. Yeah. We, oh, okay. it's, our, it, it's, called a, um, it's actually called a utility vehicle, so everyone in Australia just calls it a ute. A ute. Okay, yeah. good. Thanks for defining that. I think me and the, the rest of the listeners were... I love it. Just, it's also that goes back to the Aussie man reviews reference because he just got a Ute a little while ago. I don't know if you've. Oh yeah. Anyway, that's a whole nother whole nother podcast episode. So we'll stick with this one. I love that you're doing that for your clients, but then also just delivering that great service to the neighborhood. And I'm assuming I'm going to go out on a limb here. I'm assuming that that has led to some sort of increase in business because if I'm a neighbor and I'm being approached by a construction company who's already gone out of their way to do this and then even following up with like a thank you note, like thank you for letting us come into your neighborhood and help make this home better. The first person I'm calling is that company when I need something mm. done. For sure. Yeah, well, we actually, um, it's funny you say that, we just uh, completed a job in a suburb of, um, like in, in the inner west in Sydney, and we after we completed that job, we ended up working on the next four neighbors' houses in that street just to do small jobs like a new a new garage, um, uh, some like letterbox works, and another new carport and another new garage. Just because we we're so friendly with them, they just trusted us straight away. It's building that trust, uh, and. We do, it's not only just to get those small jobs from them, but if they can have a friend that will go, hey, look, we're looking for a builder, and then they can say, hey, look, we didn't get these works done to our house, but this builder was great. They did some works in our street. Um, we highly recommend that. We know that a recommendation goes so far, like it's so much better than uh, just seeing a builder on Instagram or, or on the socials or seeing an ad on TV, like a recommendation from someone that you know, like you're, you're likely to go with that person. Absolutely. I mean, we talk about that all the time. I know I've talked about that in my classes that I teach at Builder Training University. You know, the power of a testimonial video and hearing it from somebody mm. else, it just goes so much further than any money spend that you can do on AdWords or whatever, because people want to hear it from somebody else who's actually experienced your service. Yeah. And if you're putting out a yeah. great service and a great product, like what you're saying, people will talk about it and that's going to ultimately generate business for you just by nature of you doing a good job. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think th this is the stuff of, we talk about in the podcast. I mean, it's all great, but like, this is the stuff I think gets me and you excited is, is companies really thinking about outside the box, how to, 
um, you know, just be kind and, and be proactive, especially in, in things that happen every day. So kudos to you guys. I mean, if you want to take the cookie tip, you can. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean no, it's not maybe a post-COVID, post-COVID, post-COVID yeah, cookie tip. Just whatever. Yeah. Or, or pre, pre-packaged cookies. I don't know. Yeah. Speaking of cookies, that's not going to work as a trans- transition. It's <laughs> a good try. <laughs> but I tried. Uh, giving back is where we could go with that or, or you know, setting a new st- a standard in the area. You guys are accredited uh, with Australia's uh, HIA Green Smart Professionals. It's something that's obviously near and dear to my heart. We've talked about on the podcast before things like being energy efficient, solar, et cetera, et cetera. So maybe you could give some background to why you've put an emphasis on that and how that works in your business day to day. Okay, so in Australia, Probably, probably the same over in the U.S. There, we're very. It's all about energy efficiency, especially as we, as we, the, um, as we develop as a society. People want to save energy. They want to save money. They want to save costs. They want a better, more economic home. Like they just want a better run home. Now we, Aaron's decided to become, uh, yeah, the HIA Green Smart Profession, and we're aiming to build one to two of those houses per year. Once you build one to two of those houses per year, you actually become accredited Green Smart Builder. Uh, there's a lot of things to influence in that, like such as like different types of glazing, um, the insulation. I know over in the states, I actually, am very intrigued by how in depth you guys go into your insulation, like the panels on the outside of the wall and the spray foam on the inside. Um, it's amazing to see some how, how some builders over there do that. And I love watching uh, those videos. Uh, but over here, like with the Green Smart, they're just trying to, we're trying to create houses that basically can eliminate the heating and cooling. Like, because that is the biggest energy waster um, over here, especially in Australia. Like, we've got summers that are 40 degrees Celsius. I don't know what that is in Fahrenheit. But it's over 100 degrees then, easily. Mm, there, yeah. there you go. And then that's that's probably your standard summer. So, basically, two months of the year, you got most days are over 40 degrees. And then in winter, you're, you're down to about um, – well, in Sydney, you're down to about 10 degrees, between 5 and 10 degrees. Um, I know down in Victoria, it's a lot colder than that. But we also in winter days, we can have winter days that will skyrocket back up to 30 degrees and just drop. So we've actually got uh, a lot of temperature change throughout the year. Uh, so that we're trying to create homes that um, will heat and cool themselves efficiently without having to run heaters or AC units uh, or anything like that. And then, yeah, it's going to come down to probably the building products you use in the home, the insulation, um, how you orientate the home, whether the kitchen's in the north or, or where – it depends where you are, I suppose, in the country as well. Um, and then how you heat and cool your water. Um, so that's that's a big one as well. So solar-powered hot water systems. Um, we've also – we're actually about to install a um, heat pump water system at one of our jobs, which is really, really efficient. And then there's also new efficient air conditioning systems uh, and stuff like that. But the – the way the industry is going, that, that's where we're going. We're going for these green smart houses. We're going for these houses um, that it just feels really nice and comfortable to live in all year round because the house does the work for you. You don't have to turn on all these electrical appliances to heat and cool your home. Absolutely. It's smart. I mean, again, that just goes back to, I think, why we're so impressed with your business is that you're thinking ahead of the game. You're delivering the great service, but you're also thinking ahead to like what's next 
And I think we would encourage all of our listeners definitely be thinking about that, right? So mm. uh, especially, you know, we're in 2020 and obviously the year didn't shape up how like any of us thought it was going to shape up, but mm -hmm. still that doesn't mean we can't make advances uh, in technology and in areas that help improve the environment, the envelope of the home to uh, help yep. make it more comfortable on the inside. Definitely. Well, so the other thing we want to talk about with you, obviously, since you're in a, a different neck of the woods than we are up here, <laughs> what are some trends that we're, that you're seeing kind of down in Australia? Well, it's oh, I actually was speaking with Ben and Aaron, our directors, before we had this um, conversation. I'm like, what are the trends we're seeing? And it all depends where you are, I suppose, in the country. Where, like here, here, I live right near the coast. You've actually been to sort of the area that we work. We're right near the coastline, um, and that gives a lot of like coastal sort of Hampton sort of trends as well as a lot of modern but um, there's a lot of people using like raw materials like off-form concrete, um, raw brick, a lot of timber uh, using those sort of raw dense materials that really give like a nice modern look um, and then add in a twist but then you could also go back into sort of the, the Sydney suburbs that, where people are bringing in like a lot of bright coloured bathrooms and bright coloured kitchens. It, um, there is a massive array of different trends in sort of different areas around um, New South Wales. And it, I suppose it all just depends. Um, it depends on the client's flavor. Like we're, we've, we've had a lot of clients where we could do one build that's a Hamptons build and I go to the, I go to the next foreman's job site and that's a completely different sort of Victorian um, 90s, 20s sort of look, sort of build right in the depths of Sydney. So it all depends about what the client wants, but there are – some certain things, like there's a lot of curves coming in, a lot of curves in buildings, curves in bathroom walls, curves in kitchens. Um, you see that a lot, which is um, really cool. We're just about to install a kitchen that has a nice curve in it. Um, and, yeah, it basically any any area could be different. Any You could walk down the street in one area and it's got a Hamptons home, it's got a modern home, it's got a, like a cottage-looking home. It's, it's, it's very broad in Australia, I, I reckon. Yeah, absolutely. I would I would testify to that. When being there, you you'd walk down the street and see lots of different uh, styles of homes. I think the curve interest that's kind of an interesting. That interesting. That's a curve inside curveball there. Yeah, I feel like yeah, you just a lot rub of, it in a lot of arches, a lot of a lot of arches, and a lot of curves to the front of buildings. Mm -hmm. Um, it's uh, I haven't had to do one, but I've been seeing a lot of off form concrete curves, um, which will be very exciting to 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 do. I, I also. It'd make you very nervous just to make sure you're just getting that perfect, perfect curvature to it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Ryan, keep the great work there. Uh, again, we love seeing what you're putting out on social media and we love what you guys stand for as a business. And I think that's fantastic. I think if you're in the Australia area and you're considering you need to work with somebody, you need to work with TAS. Uh, so we've obviously got a lot of great clients down there who are doing great work too. So I obviously know you don't service the entire continent <laughs> of Australia. Maybe so one day, maybe one day. They, oh, I love it. I love the go. ambition. That's so good. Um, yeah. So keep the great work. Thanks for coming on the podcast and kind of sharing how your business works. I think one of the huge takeaways is that cookie thing, you know, <laughs> yeah, some I'll, have to, I'll take that to the next meeting for sure. Yeah. There you go. Everyone loves cookies. There you go. So. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Ryan. Thanks, Ryan. All right, Paul, Tom, thank you very much. Cheers. Cheers, mate. Love what you heard? Don't forget to rate and subscribe to our podcast so you can hear from more guests that will benefit your business. Also, please check out our show notes page for more information on what we discussed on this episode. You can find it at buildertrend.com slash podcast. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time on The Building Code. Appreciate you.